0: Please join me in welcoming Mr. Nigel Robertson. Good evening. Good evening. I walk around a lot, so I'm going to move this out of the way. Um, first of all, that is cool. I was not expecting that at all. That is awesome. So Glad to get a picture of that. But um, My name is Nigel Robertson, and be honest, who in this room knows who I am? seen me before one two three four five six well you don't watch watch a lot of local news i take it all right well please start i have kids i have to feed (laughs) so um yeah and i'm serious um but yeah but my name is nigel robertson and i am honored that you asked me to come speak with you tonight and share my testimony first first up i'll tell you i'm born again and blood-bought um so I look back on where I am today and the sheer fact that I'm even up here and people want to hear from me and I, my soul just rejoices because um, I should not be here. There's really no reason for me to be here but God. And I tell you that because um, my story is one that starts... Like all of us, but my story starts before I even got was born, before I even got here. My parents are from a small island in Trinidad, or a small country. It's an island in the Caribbean. Trinidad and Tobago is the name of the country. And uh, my parents' generations were there, and my parents decided that they were going to have a family, and they wanted their children to have every opportunity possible. So um, my dad applied for a work visa with General Motors and got the visa and moved to the United States of America. In part, he wanted his story to be bigger and better and my mom's story to be bigger and better. But truly, they wanted their children to have every opportunity possible. And the best place to do that is the United States of America. So they came here, and I was born and i tell you that because you know in the time and the day and age we are in right now um everything has become so political and divisive and so on but had my parents not done that i don't know where i would be today and what opportunities i would have they eventually became american citizens and um you know uh, our i was the first person in my family born in the united states I'm so proud and honored to be able to say that because of what this, this country and the opportunities that I've had here. So I'm from a small city south of Cleveland, Ohio, named Warren, and I got out of Warren. Uh, put it that way. I graduated from Bowling Green State University, and very much my life in college and high school was very much kind of like this. Um, I grew up a First Assembly of God Church, and I had an amazing group of friends that were my rock. And um, we, we, we did everything together, and we were all Christians, and it was just, it was great. And it really fueled the fire of me staying on track and me going on to college and going after my dreams and knowing that in order for that to happen, I had to follow the steps that the Lord put in front of me. Um... And some of those steps I did, I thought, are you sure you want me to take this step? And, but I did, and look at where I am today. So I am currently the 5 p.m. anchor at WYFF News 4. But earlier, about a month ago, my company announced that they were promoting me to the main anchor uh, for 5 and 6. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and and that, is, that, is a, that is a crazy god move. I didn't see it coming. And it came out of the blue, and the Lord's timing was perfection. So uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving is going to be my first day as the the new main anchor at WIFF four, and and I thank God for it. And you know t- to be able to come home and tell my my wife and kids that that, that happened was was just one of the greatest moments of my life. So um, I started after graduation. I worked um, in Florida. I was a one man band bureau reporter and. Uh, Gainesville, Florida. I worked at the Calibero. I did that for two years and I came here in 1999. And I thought I'd be here at WYFF4 for three years and then gone, but the Lord had a completely different plan. And I am so, how many in here know the TV industry, news industry at all? Well, in in this business, you move around. If you want to be promoted or grow or make more money, you move from station to station, bigger city to bigger city. I never had to do that. I was able to start as a nightside reporter here in 1999, promoted to weekend anchor, then promoted to morning anchor, then promoted to 5 p.m. anchor, and now six. And to be able to say that is only God. Um, You know, in life, one day, you look back on your stories, and you could do that now, but as you get older, I'm 46, and as I look back on my story so far and what God has done and the doors he has opened, it's all because I have stayed focused on him, and I have stepped in the steps that he has put before me, and I am so grateful. There have been missteps along the way, but I am so grateful that um, how the way my story is playing out, and I cannot wait to see what the next 40 or 50 years or 60, or maybe even 70, bring me. Um, but that's a little bit about me, OK? No one really wants to hear, but my wife and my mother don't even really want to hear all that stuff. So I'm not going to bore you with all that. But what I do want to do is opening, open it up for questions. Um, because I have gotten to do some amazing stuff and see amazing things. And you have standing in front of you someone who um, has is walking in the purpose that God gave him, and this is a chance I feel to have for you to ask questions and to get some advice if you want to. So, who's got the first question? Come on, come on, question. Go. Um How do you see like God's hand within the job that you have currently, like with your coworkers or just like in the job in general? That is a great question. And there are many times that I've wondered, why, am, why, why do you have me here? Because I have to say some very sad things every single day. Um, when I was a beat reporter out on the street, uh, I would pull up to some crime scenes and some accident scenes that um, were truly tragic. And in those moments, I pull up and I ask God, why? Why did this happen? And then I have to get out of the car and I have to go up to someone who is in some of the worst moments of their life and talk to them. It is not an easy task. But there are times when even in the darkest moments, someone coming up and just saying, I'm here, talk to me. At those times I'm able to share. I don't necessarily share my faith with them because that's not the time necessarily to do it. But I believe that they could see Christ just in my eyes. And it's those moments. And when you sit down with someone, being a, pe- when they're able to share their, their story and talk about it, I can see that God has put me there for a reason. And I could tell you there are many people who, being that I've been in this market TV market for so long, there are many people who come up to me and thank me for not just listening but following up year after year. And when they send an email about something and I email back, God bless, or something like that, um, those little things go a very, very long way. Um, so that's where I see God's purpose in me doing what I do. And remember, what I do is tell you what's happening in our community. Um, and knowledge is power. And in order for us to change our community and make our community better, we have to understand our community and we have to know our community. And I don't think there's anything better than having someone who is blood-bought. There telling you what's going on in the community, if that makes sense. That worked. All right, who's got the next question? Someone else had a hand over there. Go ahead. It's kind of a similar question, but like, how did you know God was the only you kind So, my story is uh, I was in West Hall at Bowling Green State University, and I was sitting in a, a poli sci class, and I was bored out of my mind, and I was staring out the window, and in the bottom of West Hall, I could see people with the camera walk, walking out of the bottom of the building and then coming back in. And every day was something was going on. And I wondered what was going on down in the basement of West Hall. So one day I walked down and I walked up to these big metal doors. And on the side, it said BG24. I was like, what is this? So I opened that door. And what happened next changed my life forever. When I opened that door, inside was a student-run newsroom. And it was people putting together a 30-minute newscast, all students. So a student producer, student reporter, student anchor, student photographers, uh, student directors. And they were learning the ropes of television and putting on a newscast. And what happened in my soul and what happened in my mind and what happened in my heart could have only been God, because it's at that moment when I saw the monitors on the wall and I saw, heard the keys, people typing on the computer, and back then we had paper going through a printer, so we had all this paper going through the printer and you hear all that and you see people getting ready for the newscast. That gave me such an excitement and an energy that I realized There is a reason why I am here and that I just walked through this door. And there's a reason why I feel this way and I need to pursue it. Because what I tell people is you're going to have a job. You're going to have to go to work. And imagine going to a job every day that you cannot stand. That is a drag. I can honestly say I get up every day and I go to a job that I truly love. And that is a beautiful thing. And if there's anything that I pray over each and every one of you, and I pray that you find a job or a career or something that makes you feel the way I felt in that moment. Because that is God, I believe. And then also, I pray that you have a career that fulfills you and fulfills your purpose. And that you are excited about getting up and going to every day. Sure, when that alarm goes off, I don't want to roll out of bed. But... To go to a job every day that I love is truly, truly, truly a blessing. Who else has another question for me? Front row? The fellas? Go ahead. So, just, I don't know if this is necessarily a restatement of that, but was it really just in an instant when you opened the door? Yeah. It was just in that second. It was one of those things where I'm, wow, this is, you know, I... I'm in college trying to figure out, when you're in college, you're, you're there to figure out what, what you want to do and what, what path you're going to take. And when that happened, it was, you know, for the longest time, I loved, I loved politics, and I love history, and I love government. And um, to study all that was what I thought I wanted. But like I was telling you, I was, I was in a poli-sci class, and I, I didn't, that I wasn't, I was bored. So, so, the fact that, and then you know, I'm in there and I'm like, wow, this, this feeds all the things that I love. I, I love politics. I love government. I love current events. I love, I get a front row seat to history as it happens, and I get paid to be there. And I get paid to tell the story. And I love to tell the story. And that's, that's awesome. Um, A few, and what's great about it is just when I think God has reached the top and there's nothing more amazingness that he could throw my way, uh, 2015 I got called in the boss's office and I go in there and it's the news director and it's the general manager and they sit me down and I said, am I in trouble? And they're like, no, just the opposite. the company, so I work for WYFF4, but WYFF4 is owned by Hearst Television. And Hearst owns 30 stations around the country. Baltimore, Boston, uh, Orlando, Sacramento, um, all over. So anyway, I sit down and I say, they, I said, what's, what's going on? And they said, corporate has chosen you to be part of the Olympic team. And they are sending you to Rio de Janeiro to cover the Summer Olympics. And I said, what? I was one of three reporters in the company chosen to go to Rio and cover the Olympic Games. Uh, (laughs) uh, What? Remember, I'm a little kid from Cleveland, Ohio, who just happened to open those doors and walk into a room and was like, wow. And here I am now going to the Summer Olympics, pack my bag, get on a plane, fly to Rio de Janeiro, spend a month there interviewing athletes, going to events, doing live shots for stations all over the country, waking up, doing it all over again. It was unbelievable. It was exhausting, but it was unbelievable. And I come back and I'm like, God, Thank you. You rock. Two years later, I get called back in the boss's office, and they say, the company now wants to send you to Pyeongchang to cover the Winter Olympics in South Korea. So then I got to go on a plane, go to Seoul, then take a bullet train all the way over to the coast and cover the Winter Olympics and interview athletes, do live shots. It, it, amazing. And then, you know, like I just told you, out of the blue, the promotion... Last month, um, it is the journey here and in, in my career has been amazing, and I just I I want each and every one of you to have a story like mine, a story as fulf- fulfilling as the one I'm telling you right now. And as I've said, there it's hard, and sometimes I wonder why, and sometimes I'm ready to give up. Um, And try something else. And all that happens. But that's normal. And if you're in your purpose, God's going to always protect you. And if you're in your purpose, God's going to always cover you. And if you're in your purpose, he's always going to hold you. And there's nothing, nothing more sweeter than that. Who's next? Go ahead. To sometimes be going on a, on a great track and thinking and letting your ego get in the way or, or letting um, your your eyes be taken off uh, that these are gifts from God that he's
1: given. They're, it
0: ever hard sometimes. It is, it is very hard. Um, however, I will say, I have made it a purpose to surround myself with people who keep me in check. Um, and that has been... It It is so easy, especially in TV and in um, that that world to think me, me, me and to let that get out of hand. But I've made it a purpose to keep that in check. And I got to tell you, when I walk in the house, my wife, my boys, just, <laughs> they don't care. You know what I mean? So so that helps ground me and and my friends ground me, and um, honestly, as as you hear these stories, and as if you know, you see me on TV and all that, the way I am programmed is not me, me, me at all. Um, and I do think, I do think, and I hope, and when I get to heaven. I'll ask God this, along with another, many other questions, like the dinosaurs and other things. But uh, when I get to heaven, I will ask God what those struggles that you have given me in life here um, was that to keep me in check for other things, if that makes sense. Um, So to answer your question, yeah, it, it is. It is a struggle at times, but the Lord, like I said, the Lord has kept me on track and the Lord has has covered me and that has been great. Because there are people, I'm not in the entertainment business, but there are people in the entertainment business who, when it becomes me, 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 you see what happens, you know? Kind of remain faithful to just the truth that God is perfectly just, and like, how do you handle the, you know, why would God let this happen? Um, It's hard. Those those hard things, I guess. It's very hard, and I, my heart is bigger than I am, and I come home and I, I think about it, and you know, there are sometimes when I, when the words are coming my out of my mouth on the news, it. It breaks my heart that I have to to say it, Um, you know, a little uh, a little girl died in a in a DUI accident or on 25 just a week or so ago. And I was coming back from um, I have I have two jobs. I have another job. I teach at Clemson University as well. I know I know I'm a Furman, but I'm just telling you facts. I'm just telling you facts. All right, so I'm coming back, and um, it, you know, I pulled, I pulled up on the accident, and I saw it in the very. I called into the newsroom and put on the news at night, and to hear a little girl died, and why? Um, But, but I am reminded, as as the Bible says, we're in a broken and fallen world, and um, there's there's never we're not going to get the answers on this side um, or all the answers on this side. Um, But then, too, one of the biggest struggles that I faced in my life and that truly tested my faith is um, when I lost my father. Um, My dad was uh, the coolest guy. So cool. and he was very active. Played tennis every. He was 69 at the time, and played tennis every morning. And he started falling down on the tennis court. He would go for the ball to hit it, and his foot would go out from under him. And he was, told me that, you know, something weird's happened in Nigel, I don't know. I'm going to go to the doctor to see. And doctor after doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong. And um, I remember I was sitting in. This is a few months later. I was sitting at my desk in the newsroom, and. The phone rings it's my dad i'm like hey dad how you doing And he's like i'm all right um i gotta tell you so they have me going to a specialist next week and uh it's something uh uh, what is it dad um they want to test me for als and at that moment i broke my dad didn't know what it was but I did, and you know, ALS is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and it's basically um, your nerves start dying, and therefore can't control your muscles, and then your muscles and give way, and it leads to death. And knowing that, um, I I I was broken. And I told my dad I was getting on the next plane out and I was flying down to Florida and I went with him to the doctor when they diagnosed him with that. And I gotta tell you, the next two years were the hardest years of my life and I wasn't the one with that diagnosis. I wasn't the one losing the ability to lift my arms. I wasn't the one losing the ability to walk. I wasn't the one losing the ability to go to the bathroom. I wasn't the one losing the ability to speak. But I was the one on my knees daily asking God, why? Why my dad? Why is this happening? Not just why my dad, my mom. My, my dad's 70 now at the time, and my mom's 72, and I'm here there in South Florida. How how do I how do I help with this? How insurance doesn't want to cover it. How how do I get them the stuff that he needs? It was it was two years of of a lot of. Questions And I was getting mad because I was asking God left and right, why, why, why? And I didn't feel like I was getting an answer. And I remember one day in church, the pastor was talking about um, that, you know, when you're in school and your teacher hands out a test and you got to start taking that test, well, the teacher then doesn't speak at so that time where everything that you've learned and read and experienced, it's that time when you're taking the test that you're tested. And I was, as I heard that, I thought, you know, Lord, this is the test. This is the test. My dad's story is my dad's story. But for me, when I say, I have faith in you, Lord, now I'm being tested. When I say, Lord, you understand all, now I'm being tested. When I say, Father God, thank you for this day, now I'm being tested. When my father passed away, I, of course, was distraught. And I was angry because I had prayed for healing And I'm in the car and I'm driving up to Ohio and I'm giving the eulogy and I had no idea what I was going to say because I was angry. And I got to tell you, there came a moment where the Lord spoke to me and I literally had to pull over the car. Because what he said to me was, your father's now healed. Your father's running with me. He's dancing with me. He's jumping up and down with me. He is healed. Your prayer was answered not how you, Nigel, wanted it to be answered, but I answered your prayer. And when I got up there to do that eulogy, oh, let me tell you. But that was hard. So to answer your question, um, I don't know why I see and why we have to experience the things we have to do. Look at the divisiveness in the country, in the world right now. And you know, global pandemic and the hung- people hungry everywhere and the holidays coming up. And I mean, there's so much. But that, in my mind, tells me that we as believers have more to do. We have more. we have to work even harder. We have to open our arms even more. Instead of hugging one person, we need to pull two or three people in for that hug. Um, That's what that tells me, is we just have more work to do. Who else? No more? Well, I want to thank you for having me. And um, if I could just pray over each and every one of you for a quick second, is that all right? Father God these men and women in front of me i am so humbled and honored that they just wanted to hear the story my story hear from you father god i pray that you surround them and cover them i pray angels go before them and light the path that you have in front of them father god i pray protection over them i pray healing over them, and wellness over them, and especially during exam week here. Father God, I pray that you give them the wisdom they need to step forward and the rest that they need as well. Give them the wisdom as they walk into their tomorrow, Father God. Let them be bright, bright lights for you. They were yesterday. They are right now. And I pray that they are that forevermore. In your name we pray. Amen.